from King's Landing all the way up to Winterfell. The only two locations we've really seen. This is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Napsuck, and tonight... I know it was a, an episode that uh, a lot of people uh, are working through things or either you really enjoyed, you hated, or you, you, you're taking a breath and trying to figure some stuff out, which I think is also part of being a, a, a fan. But it's just me and Andres Cabrera. How are you, friend? Good, man. I'm good. It's just us two. Just us two. Uh, the reason being, uh, Rachel Cushing and Lon Harris both really, really wanted to be here. But the realities of life kicked in at the very last minute and work got uh, the better of them today. Uh, they both send their apologies. Um, uh, they uh, really want to talk about this episode and as you can imagine. Um, but uh, that's that's the life out here, Ace, when we're podcasting. this uh, We're not getting paid millions. You got to nope. work. <laughs> yep. That That's life. That's life. <laughs> that's life. But I couldn't be happier to discuss this with you, as I uh, have always been happy to discuss things like Star Wars and Game of Thrones with you. You, uh, you, uh, you uh, always uh, bring some great insights, thoughts, perspectives, and I think uh, you and I are just going to pull up and have a whiskey. We'll all have a whiskey. You'll have some water. Or actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to have water tonight. Uh, and we're going to talk about this episode, season eight, episode four. The Last of the Starks. David Nutter returns to direct a script by Dan and Dave, D.B. Weiss, and um, David Benioff. All right. We're here, Ace. How are you? Good. I'm good, (laughs) man. I'm I'm excited to talk about this episode, man. Okay, good. I'm excited, too. It's a flaming hot episode on the Twitter sphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm having a... You know what? I want to be honest. I want to be honest. And I think I'm going to be honest with you and our listeners. I, uh, I'm very excited to talk about this, and I love doing casterly talk, and I especially love talking about things with you. I am, uh, I am slowly finding it harder to enter these fandom discussions mm. uh, outside of the nice, comfy walls of uh, this podcast studio. Mm. Um, and I last night made the decision to mute every name, hashtag, title, word, anything I can find that's Game of Thrones related. Mm. That's uh, bold. Yeah, to secure maybe my enjoyment for the last couple episodes. And that doesn't mean I um, don't want dissenting opinions or another point of view or to learn from someone else's perspective. Doesn't mean any of that, Ace. Just meant my stress level's rising. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm just like not enjoying uh, being part of this media discussion world this this week and last week and going back to December 2017 with The Last Jedi. <laughs> and I had to take a protective, emotional protective measure. Yeah, of course. Is that okay? 100% okay. Okay. Especially after last week, which I'm still trying to get over, but I still don't think I am over mm. how people saw, you know, the same episode I did and came away with those feelings. Yeah. I, I still feel so confused. Mm. And I openly said that on Twitter. Good for you. Saying, hey, did we see the same episode, guys? <laughs> First of all, I could see it very uh, yeah, clearly. I could see it very clearly. Second too. of all, we just saw a medieval zombie dragon fight taking mm-hmm. the place in the snow with magic and with battles. I, I've never seen something so nerdy in my life on TV that yeah. everyone watched. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly directed. It was incredibly shot. And we're arguing about it. (laughs) 
Like, if you're a nerd, I am just taking that as a win. That's a W right he, there. Here, This isn't about Game of Thrones, but you're you're a smart cookie. You know? I want to get your thoughts on this because mm. you've been around this spirit. I mean, when did you start interning for the Schmoes? Uh, 20, tw- uh, January 2015. January okay. 2015. 20, but that's still a long time ago. Yeah, it's forever. Um, prior to Force Awakens. Um, you know, 2011, 2012 is when I really started getting into this world. And it was, it was this promise. And I do give after buzz and Maria Menounos and Kevin Undergaro, a lot of credit for them going, what if we launched like a ESPN of after shows? Cause people love doing that. Right. I give them a ton of credit. Are they the sole creators of the genre? No, but I really do give them a ton of credit, uh, for that. Um, it was a promised land of all those things you loved in the shadows, you get together and talk about it. And doesn't mean you're always going to love it. And you're going to talk about it with the spirit of, Andres, do you love Game of Thrones? I love too. Do you like that one part? Oh, you didn't? But I like this part. But yay! Nerds have won. And it has turned into a battlefield and a war zone. Yes. That is, I will admit, wearing on me. And this is a, 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 maybe a depressing way to start this show. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been in that world since I was a child. I remember mm-hmm. being, I think, eight or nine years old and being on the Star Wars forums. It started yeah. with Star Wars. That's where mm-hmm. my entire love of fandom essentially came to life but it started in the star wars forums i don't know if you remember forums back when people had forums and conversations about certain moments and for me it was star wars i was like eight or nine and and discovering the internet that's the first thing (laughs) i would do on the internet was discuss star wars with 30 year old men and i'm a nine-year-old kid um but essentially yes fandom i've said it a million times and i'll say it again the idea of internet and fandom is could, it's one of the greatest parts of fandom is mm-hmm. the fact that you can be someone living in Arizona and Alabama and mm-hmm. whatever state you are or whatever country you're in and be surrounded with people who are maybe into soccer, maybe into mm-hmm. football, maybe into something else, but not quite the nerd thing that you're into or not quite yeah. at the level that you're into it. That's what the Internet provides. It provides a conversation, YouTube, forums, mm-hmm. whatever you want, Reddit, whatever it is, it mm-hmm. provides a, a certain fandom conversation and now it's turned into i mean obviously mm-hmm. i still feel like a lot of it comes in a very political angle mm-hmm. um whether people want to agree with that or not that's mm-hmm. still i think a lot of it it's definitely where where it's like you know we're at war raise your swords if you mm-hmm. like this then you are anti god or anti like it gets really extreme yeah um or anti-art or don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. um or your opinion is invalid that kind Mm. of extremism is hitting not only our political atmosphere but also Mm. even our arts and entertainment atmosphere where it used to be where we can enjoy this stuff together ken it really did it really it really and look you can choose the lane to stay in of you know star wars everyone knows i'm very positive and and all those things and 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 uh, again uh, i i want to make it clear it's like uh, i i love talking about this stuff and 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 i'm not you know casually talk will go on even after this show ends because we're gonna start looking towards the prequel series we're gonna look deeper into the books and all those kind of things um it's a weird it's a weird time and and uh i also let's dive into this let's dive into 100 percent. okay and i'll start here i'm even afraid to tell you and i don't know why um, I, I, so I, I really love this episode. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really loved it. And I don't know what to do, Ace. Dang. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Kent. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, uh, I yeah. also, I also like this episode. Okay. 
Um, I do see a lot of issues. Sure. Um, sure. Very much at the forefront, especially logic issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of these issues come from a macro scale of writing. And I know mm-hmm. essentially what it is, is on a production level of HBO and, right. and the condensing of the season, what that means essentially. And, and, and declaring this to be eight seasons, declaring this to be six episodes, mm-hmm. essentially what it does is it limits potential of writing. Mm-hmm. I think part of this has to do with getting away from the books. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, essentially the issues I have and the issues a lot of people have mm-hmm. is that it's too quick. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. these things would happen yeah. with the span of George books, George's books. Yeah. But if we had more time, I feel like we could get a lot better character motivations and character mm-hmm. interactions mm-hmm. that, happened in this episode that weren't bad were just a little rushed but that's it i, I don't i i, I like gotcha. this episode i really did like this gotcha get out of my studio no <laughs> um i think that's very wise mm-hmm. and i wouldn't expect anything less from you you're wise you're a wise soul which is why your quote is on the back of my book hey. why we love star wars by the way um yeah and i feel i feel that I actually really do feel that. I was talking to Joseph Scrimshaw, my Force Center co host uh, today at Off Air, and, and we're going to get him on Casually Talk soon because the same insights he has on Star Wars, he really has on Game of Thrones. And he said something too, you know, we talk about George R. R. Martin and not finishing the books, and, and I'm convinced, I try not to get into conspira- conspiracy theories, I'm convinced George is sitting back in New Mexico going, <laughs> I'm changing what they did, uh, where I think he was more on board in the beginning. And then now he's like, hmm. And, and I think he's he's riding high as the king of nerddom, and he's got an ego. And who doesn't? I have an ego. You you probably don't. You're a nice guy. Um, I think that's happening, quite 100%. frankly. But Scrimshaw said this. He goes, part of it, because he, he's been a fan of this season, as I have too, a lot, like big fans of it. And he says, I think part, Dan and Dave and the team, the whole team, mind it's not just them, are having to come up with solutions. And, and, and George has yanked away the map and and because people are aware of that like i think and you you wouldn't you wouldn't disagree some of the best stuff in season 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 um aren't books at aren't in the books at all so tywin and arya uh the scene and i'm talking individual scenes not necessarily always storylines but even storylines bron um bron's a good example i'll start with that sure. bron beyond season 1 is almost entirely brand new because they realize they have Jerome Flynn. And George R. R. Martin, if you find on YouTube, has interviews where he's like, well, you can get a good actor. And suddenly the character, you got something else to do with it. Because in Braun and the books, poof, he's gone. He's just, the, oh, he got a castle. He's a knight now. See ya. By season two, they have to do, they have this great character that everyone loves. And so now I like, I didn't, I, I loved the scene with Braun and Jamie and Tyrion because I loved them together. But I didn't like, I'm like, okay, I don't, we'll see where it goes. Because otherwise, it, it did. It's a little awkward. Like he just shows up, <laughs> punches them, leaves. So I, I get that criticism, but I think that's an example of they've got. He's there, mm. and if you kill Braun, do people go? Well, Al, that was a waste because he. We loved them in one and two. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not getting into specifics, but I, I actually really do think it it aligns with your point a little bit. Where yeah. they have to start wrapping things up. And to jump ahead, like the Rhaegal incident, like I loved it, but I was like, oh, okay, so we have to we have to gear shift real fast, mm. and maybe maybe the show feels robbed at times to, to to people because of that. Yeah, I think so, and I think a lot of it does have to do with the separation from the books, and I think it also has a lot to do with 
I, I listen to the Ringer podcast and they, mm-hmm. um, the watch specifically, and they talk okay. a lot about Game of Thrones. Um, the first episode, the discussion they had, and it was a very interesting discussion because they essentially said the the art form is different. It's different writing a book and having mm-hmm. as many pages as you want, as much time as you want with these characters in a POV perspective is so significantly different mm-hmm. than a television show where you have to light, direct, cast, extras, music, like all this stuff mm-hmm. is is so different of a medium mm-hmm. that it requires a different level of creativity. Mm-hmm. Give George all the credit, but he probably couldn't direct one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a different art form and a different medium. And how many times, Ken, have you and I, mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe you're on the opposite spectrum of this, but mm-hmm. come out of a movie. Essentially, I've seen a, a couple movies with my friends. Right. See the movie, and I'm like, man, that was great. And my buddy turns to me, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> The book was so much better. How many times have you heard the book was so much better? All the book is... All the time. And it's like, I I guess, man, but I haven't read the book and I like that movie. So stop being like, oh my, how could you like that? In the book, it's... And it's like, bro, they have 2,000 pages in that book Uh in a two-hour movie. And George intentionally goes off. Intentionally. Like, you want to talk about... I know Marvel's great because they have a plan. George R.R. Martin has a faint idea of a plan he kind of remembers. Yes, and he is admitted to, well, book four was supposed to be this, and then I decided to take this off there. Sure. So he's just barfing up words. I contend Clash of Kings, book two, it, it, you, I know you you haven't read them yet, right? I have. You I've, have. I've no, re- sorry. Yeah, you have. Lon yeah. hasn't. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, Clash of Kings, second book, real good. Mm. I think the second season's better than that second book. Ooh. I really do because it wow. gives me gives me Tywin and Arya. It gives me just yeah. some real quick stuff with the the Night's Watch, where sure. you know Ghost is the one that finds the the obsidian daggers and everything. That's not bad, but I like that Sam and everyone like so. But yeah, the book thing is it's 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 kind of played out, man. It is. It's played out. Yeah, because you got to have some uh, have some common sense. Quite frankly, sure. like uh, Lord of the Rings, the first three Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies are three of my most favorite things ever. I haven't read the books, and one day I might. But I used to, my old boss. So I read the books once a year. Those movies sucked. And maybe from his perspective, he's not wrong. I'm sorry, Tom Bombadil isn't there, but they're different, man. Yeah. <laughs> They are different. But what's what's distinct about D and D and what made them so famous? Because mm-hmm. they let's face it, they're superstars now. They're now, and they were nobodies before. Yeah, yeah. Is is the 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 way that they did mm-hmm. the show was that it was very close to the material. Right, right. That's what got book readers onto the show. Is yeah. the fact that. People like it when you honor the original property, whether that mm-hmm. be comic books or whether that be a, sh- a book. Mm-hmm. Like if you can somehow stick to the main themes of the book, mm-hmm. you can make a good show because it's good material. What George wrote is good. Yeah. If you stick to it and that's what they learn. They learn like, oh, all we have to do is follow these beats, add a little bit of extra spice with some right. great actors and you got yourself a good show. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a it's a big element in it. It's well, it's huge, and 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 knowing the books and the histories and the maps that I study and everything that you study and everything, I think it adds wonderful flavor to the show. I think at just some point you have to take that breath and realize it's a it's a different world, mm. and they're playing. You know, to me, this season reminded me that yeah, that you know, by the way, we never really heard the prophecy of Azor High. We heard the prince that was promised. Yes, it's there, but it's not like the book that has, you know. 12 million chapters and words on the Azor High prophecy so they can maybe do it a little differently. And, and I just, 
I'm getting you know, I'm getting a little beat down by by some of the the book readers, and I'm yeah. one of them, and I'm one of them. But I just think High Fidelity is one of my favorite novels by Nick Hornby, and High Fidelity one of my favorite movies with John Cusack, and they're the same, and they're completely different. And I don't know why that's a problem, you know. But 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 you're right too. It's not it's not completely unfair to be like, hey, some things. It's not changed. because there is a lot of a lot of convenience in this episode, mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff that you're like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a huge leap of logic. Like last season, we had a lot of that where a lot yeah, of people complained. And that was very much one yeah, of them, Ken, um, about a few of the logic leaps. And my God, Ken, is there some logic leaps? Well, in let's this dive episode? in. I know we're talking long here and we don't want, you know, we're going to take a break uh, at some point here, but let's, let's dive on in here to just, let, let's start with a lot. We don't need to go scene by scene. Got the great funeral that starts it. I thought that was emotional. Uh, you know, Danny whispering to Jor without us hearing it. I, I loved that little touch. Things like that. Uh, Sansa confirming, hey, getting to, getting to say to Theon, you were a Stark, which she didn't get to say it before. So, but, but let's, let's skip a lot about that and go to some of the big uh, the big logic leaps. I think it's a great starting point. Uh, let's do it, man. Let's go right to Rhaegal, which is heartbreaking. Rhaegal, yeah, it is. Um, absolutely heartbreaking. But my God. Can if I am flying on a dragon right. and I am way up in the air, am I not gonna see some ships coming at me? <laughs> That's the first thing that came to my head. Okay? How yeah, yeah. do you not see that coming? That's mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. question I have. Okay. The second one is is the fact that it, it's it's so convenient, man. The fact that Rhaegal gets like three or four bolts right, now, right yeah. through the head and right yeah. through the body, and it and you know Danny is able to fly away. I I, I just that was so frustrating to okay. me is the fact that I really did feel like it was more of a moment of shock mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. necessarily it was. It, it was essentially to get Danny to get rid of the dragons, which I right, feel right. like th- that's what they're leaning towards okay. is to get rid of the dragons, okay. um, which is fine. But yeah. I don't know, man, that that bummed me out. Rhaegal's death. Maybe it's just because I'm heartbroken and I like Rhaegal. Uh, no, 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 no. This is this has come up. This has come <laughs> up in other places. Yeah, I, I totally, uh, totally get it. Totally get. It. I, I have no counter, and there's no counter needed. That's what you felt. Uh, I think. I, I think the shock worked on me. Me, Grace, and I were watching it. And don't ever watch. Broke if, my heart. If an animal is killed in, uh, oh, in yeah. front of Grace, a fictional animal. A fictional animal is <laughs> killed in front of Grace. You got it. We got to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, we got to press pause and deal with it. And I think I was pulled into that part of it. Says, yes. yeah, you know, um, head cannon sometimes uh, is valuable. Sometimes it's useless. Sure. Bad enough. There was a cloud cover. I don't know, but I, but but that is what a lot of people go to yes. about of. Hey, she should have seen it. And then, yeah, she gets away. Um, uh, she she banks right, man. I don't. Sure, I don't I'll, but I'll, yeah, I will forgive it. But but at the same time, it was it was definitely a heartbreaking moment, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. definitely a, a moment where you didn't feel like the reward. And I guess that's part of it too. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, go with that. Like Euron was, re, you know, Euron is now a dragon slayer, and it's like out of yeah. everyone, like if it was Bronn, I'd be like, yo, that's cool. But Euron. <laughs> You just not, you just, I mean, Euron's pretty despicable. Yeah. I just, I didn't feel like that having that title Mm -hmm. on his arm and having that title, you know, added to his name just adds the little insult to injury, (laughs) salt in the wound kind of situation. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I get it too. And going to the, like, some of the shock, because there's great shock moments early in Game of Thrones is, you know, we work up to it. I think the Ned Stark. Shock is is a way different thing than air out of the sky. Um, uh, so I, I think you're right there too. Where I think again, I think it's just that, and that is going to the top of the show. That was it's so funny you bring that up because that's what I was going to say of um, 
well, we, we got to get to a solution. And the solution is Regal's got to die. Cole happens here. Um, uh, and I think that's where that goes to your top of the top of the show point of like, eh, they got, they, we got to move quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think and, that's what it is. And that's not, and that's not fair. You said it. it's, it's, it's not, it's not. And yet not I still, I still kind of, I forgive it to be honest. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think essentially what this episode did was mm-hmm. give Danny the, the storyline of one bad day of, of pushing over the edge. No, <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen's no good, very bad day. Yeah. No, or, or no, like, no you know, day. the Joker, you know, just one yeah. bad day will push you over the edge kind of situation with gotcha. the killing joke in Batman, mm-hmm. um, where mm-hmm. she right. lost Jorah. Mm-hmm. She lost one of her children. And then obviously spoilers at the end of the episode, she loses her best friend, Sende. Yeah. Yeah. That all those dominoes is D and D basically when I say D and D, I mean, Dan, Dan and Dave, Dan and Dave, um, writing Daenerys into the mad queen, storyline into the mad king mad mm-hmm. queen character arc mm-hmm. because if you push enough dominoes you you can push en- even batman can go over the edge is essentially yeah. the, the theme of the comic mm-hmm. and that's what we saw this entire episode is is bad thing after bad thing after bad thing to the point where it's like you know what jacaris yeah. burn it all burn it all and so okay so let's 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 go there next uh this is why I don't this is why i don't like always going scene by scene and casually talk we generally don't but uh, other shows have to and i, I don't argue with the format um I, I think one of the more, for me, one of the more powerful for, for scenes, because you're, you're 100% right with this Danny thing that do, they're doing here. Uh, and where it goes, we'll see. But what I, what I loved about it, here's what I loved about it. One of the most powerful things was up top. I loved all the stuff with Tormund and uh, Dan and Dave got their cameo in there and everything. I saw, yeah, yeah, and uh, I saw it live. I, I know I, oh, I, I did. I, didn't I watched. Notice it. I watched the doc part and saw yeah. it and, con- and confirmed it. I wasn't like that's Dan and Dave. I was like, those guys look really weird. Oh, uh, yeah. and I, I was too busy looking at the Starbucks. Cup. I missed the coffee cup. <laughs> I missed the coffee cup. Yeah. God bless it. Um, but when he Tormund's basically describing Danny. Who he, they fought? They would die for our people, and and, and they ride on top of a dragon. Who would do that? A king would. And Danny's over here like, cool, 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 cool. And that's where it starts. And then plus the Jorah thing. But just I was like, ah, oh, she ain't she ain't getting the credit. And I loved, you know, we'll talk about Miss Sandane a little bit. But um, one of the more f- overlooked lines, but important lines, was last week when Miss Sandane is listening to Sansa kind of rag on Danny in the crypts. And Missandei's kind of like, yeah, yeah, oh, that dra- I, I'm paraphrasing the line, but oh yeah, Danny hasn't done anything good. Good point, and walks away. I, I, I wish I, I should have written the quote down from episode three, but to me, that's Missandei's 100% right. Like, yeah, oh, that stupid dragon lady just freed a bunch of people and saved a country. He's here to help your ass. I, I thought so. It's all, so now, and I'm sorry, I'm monologuing. Now, I, Danny might be the Mad Queen, but now I'm like, I think she has reason to be, <laughs> and I love it because it makes it makes it viable for me. Yeah, that yeah. even the Missandei thing. I was watching it with Grace, and when Missandei says Dracarys, Grace goes, "What a badass bitch!" About Missandei, uh, and how it's like, yeah, don't listen. I'm going to burn this place down. Yeah. It's funny because because I forget you're a Danny fan. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I've, to but I've always been, <laughs> but I've all, but 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 Ace, I've always been disappointed in her. Yes, I think yes. like when she started talking to Gendry in this episode, I was like, Danny, oh my, come on, are you kidding me? Chill out. But oh. I but I've been but around. When she came back. It was yeah. great. It was a great moment. But you Gendry. know what? Remind me because she's trying hard. Clearly, she's trying hard. I promise, I'm gonna let you talk here. Uh, she's trying hard, and I've seen other 
supervisors or bosses, people I've worked for or people have worked underneath me as supervisors, mid shift underneath me. Like, all right, I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to be nice to everybody. And then they do it in the wrong way where you're like, oh no, that's not the way. And here she is. She's dressing down Gendry. And I think she means to be nice. And I was just like, so it's part of what you're saying though. Yeah. And I do have some frustrations with her. I mean, going back to season three. Mm. So I don't know, but for me, but I'm not necessarily rooting for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm okay. not rooting for her. I think the thing this episode did is, is George R. R. Martin, I talked about this before, says Tolkien never wrote about Aragorn's tax policies, meaning he wrote to the point of victory. We all celebrated and yub-nub, Ewoks danced in a peace orb. You don't see the next day when Aragorn has to run the kingdom. And I think this episode is... The battle was won in episode three. Yay, feast. Now we got some more problems. And and everyone who suggested an answer in this episode, I was like, that's right. That's right. That's right. But every one of those answers conflicts. And now I love it. And that's Game of Thrones to me. Ace, I'm not going to talk for the next hour. The floor is yours. Yeah, I, I am very much not on Team Danny. <laughs> which is a good, which is a fine place to be. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I always felt like she... Here's here's my thing. She always claims to, you know, every time someone asks her why, why do you want this Iron Throne? Mm-hmm. It's my destiny. She literally said it this last episode. Right. Destiny. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean destiny? Like, more and more, she never gives a good reason why. It's my blood right. It's my destiny. I was born for this. My family died for that. You give no reasons why you should inherit this iron, mm. iron throne. What 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 is the purpose of it? Why you want to be there? And she claims that she was, I think she even has a line where she was like, I'm put on this earth to defeat tyrants. Yeah. And I felt like that was a very ironic moment in that mm-hmm. scene because it's like the irony of her saying that statement and her kind of being a tyrant. Yeah. With her speeches, I personally feel like she she said it last night in, in last night's episode where that look that they gave John, the reason why they can't give her that look isn't because she hasn't done all these great things. It's because she's done all these great things in a different country. Mm-hmm. She was in Essos. The people of Essos love her. She is the ruler of Essos, for, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. But here in Westeros, they don't know her. She right, didn't right. grow up here. She doesn't have any family here. The people of, she doesn't know Westeros. She doesn't know the culture. She doesn't know the people. She's not from here. Yeah. Why would they give her that look? Why is she seeking something when she is a foreign ruler, essentially? Mm -hmm. I think that's the confusing part is me as an audience member trying, you know, I I very outspokenly have declared for Team Sansa now, um, especially when it comes to this interaction, because Team Sansa makes those points. She says- Uh Why are you here? This doesn't make any sense. Why do you want to rule the North? You don't even know the North. Uh-huh. Like, let us have the North. And she's like very defined against that. And Sansa also makes all the rational points in this episode where she's like, we need a rest. Mm-hmm. We need some time. We need food. We need to ask these soldiers if they're willing to do this battle and not yeah. just force them to do stuff because they're your property or they're your yeah. soldiers. For someone who's the breaker of chains, she seems to be very keen on always having people do her will. I, I think that, I mean... No, no, no finish, finish. Yeah, I, I think that's my my issue with Danny, and I mm. feel like what this finale is leading up towards is Mad Queen versus Mad Queen. John, mm. You know, uh, Cersei is crazy. She'll probably kill everyone and mm-hmm. burn the city to get her property. Right. Danny is going crazy. She's not there yet, but right. after this last shot of Danny, essentially the the 
you know, creators of the show were telling us, oh, she's going crazy now because they killed everyone <laughs> she loves. How can she yeah. not go crazy? It reminded me of the Reese Witherspoon scene in Election when the, the, the music would play. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's exactly what it was. I was going to yeah. make that same joke because yeah. it is that scene where it's yeah. like, you know what? All the dominoes have fallen towards Mad Queen for Danny. Mm. She's kind of has no choice but to go Mad Queen. And so now we have two uh-huh. Mad queens who are willing to kill everyone, burn right. the city alive, to claim their rightful prize. And I right. think what we're getting at is now John and his interaction with Danny reacting to that. Yeah. And Jamie, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of the episode, kind of coming back to Cersei and him reacting to that. Okay. Yeah. You know, I said John versus Danny, Jamie versus Cersei is kind of the dynamic that they're building towards. Uh, which I, 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 I love. I'll say, yeah, I mean, Quite frankly, I haven't necessarily, I haven't chosen, I'm like like Walder Frey, I'm going to wait, I'm going to show up late in the fight here. I think Sansa, I'm not necessarily team Danny. like I've always, in fact, I've I've said on the show, I think she's going to die. What you're describing, I think is 100% right, and maybe follow me here, proof that I think they're doing a good job with it, where you, I, I think you... How do you get people to root against her, especially people who have been inspired? I'm talking fans out of the story who watch the show have been inspired by her going back to season one because she's overcome a lot of things and she's an inspiring character to a lot of people. Um, how do you how do you turn her turn anyone against her? That's tough. And I think it's I think it's working away because not that I don't see her as a as a mad king burn them all quite yet. No, quite meaning quite yet meaning sure. I think he her father went down a different path. I see her as a little like Kylo Ren, follow me here, where I, I look at Ben Solo and I think there's some reasons. I don't excuse it. I don't want, because I think a lot of people think that I'm excusing behavior in real life. This is a fictional character I'm talking about. I look at Kylo Ren and go, your 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 mother sent you off. Your, your weird space uncle tried to kill you. And your father was an absent father for a lot of your life. And you didn't know your place and you found your grandfather who you don't know the true story. You worship the evil part of the thing, you know, and maybe there was a slippery slope you were walking on. I think Danny's got a lot of that going in her head. I think it was very key. I think we talked about it where for last week, I think maybe Lon, I want to give him some credit if it was him saying, uh, we, we heard her talk about Viserys for the first time in a positive light. And, and so I think Sansa is the best one to rule because John, he don't know nothing. We'll talk about that. But I think Sansa has learned from everybody. And I think it, again, follow me. I think she'd be a good version of Cersei, if that makes sense at all. Makes total sense. I don't know. I am 100% on board with that. And it's crazy coming from a guy who's the biggest Littlefinger fan. I still, he's still probably my, he's my second favorite character wanted, to Oberyn. And, and yeah. essentially my favorite character, if you really take out mm-hmm. eight episodes of Oberyn Martell, because it's only eight episodes he's in. Littlefinger is- Eight of the best episodes is, of any really television is, show in history. 100%. But still, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, yeah. Littlefinger is my favorite character. And, I, and, and in honor of him, uh-huh. because let's face it, this is now our new Littlefinger. It's Sansa. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yes, it, it is our new Littlefinger. And that's essentially what the writers are trying to tell you. And if that's the case, I want her on the throne, man. Put her on the throne. Yeah. I wanted Littlefinger on yeah, the yeah, throne. Yeah, yeah. I honestly wanted this show yeah. to end, Ken, mm-hmm. with Littlefinger on the Iron Throne. And I know that's crazy to no. like every single one of our listeners. No, I thought that I've, I've had that conversation. But I people. love the guy because to me, he's the most politically savvy. He's the yeah. most ambitious. He's the smartest guy in the realm. And it's just fun to watch that. And it's fun to watch. I wanted to. This is, God 
damn it, Ace, I'm sorry for swearing people or taking the Lord's name in vain. This is why I love talking Game of Thrones. I love talking with Lon and Rachel. I wish they were here, but I love some of this stuff because we're jumping around to, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Um, and I, I think a lot of people understood this, but Sansa ain't gossiping. Sansa is introducing chaos into the story because she knows that chaos is a ladder. She learned it. 100%. She learned it. And 100%. Baelish's influence is in this episode. 100%. He's dead. I'm sorry, Ace. He's gone. She had to kill him. But he's still there. 100%. I, I 100% am on board in honor of Peter mm-hmm. Baelish, the homie. Um, mm-hmm. As her planting the seeds, as her giving yeah. the information, as Varric calls it later on in the episode when he calls it information and not yeah. a secret. Um, that's all Littlefinger, and I'm here for it. Yeah, because she doesn't... Um uh, and again, I'm quoting Scrimshaw. Something he said to me off air, which is why we got to get him on the show. Um, you know, he he says it, it. Sansa, when she tells Tyrion, it isn't uh, it isn't just a cheap giveaway. She's like, I've got a weapon, and that weapon's chaos, and I'm going to play it right now. Yeah, because I know Tyrion's going to be concerned, and he's going to run and tell Varys. And I don't want to, I once Varys gets it, Varys is going to do what he does. Ooh, she's he not fit. I protect the realm. And I love Tyrion going, what does that mean? And, and and again, this is going when I said everyone who says something I can get behind, you know, where I can't choose a side where I'm like, well, that's right. Ooh, that piece of cake's good. That piece of cake's good. I want all the cake. When Varys is like the realm are the little people that are starving, that don't care. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I, I look at that and go, yeah. But then it's like, wow. but Varys, be careful. <laughs> we can yeah. deal like Tyrion. We can deal with that another time. Yeah. And. I there's, love that too. There's, there is arguments for for a Danny's current push of mm-hmm. where she's headed. Essentially, someone else put this on YouTube. I forget who said like everything Danny has done is is her kind of leaning towards being passive, being peaceful. Mm-hmm. Her crueler intentions mm-hmm. would have probably gotten her the Iron Throne by now, if not. All yeah. like a long time ago, if she that shot, I forget the end of the season. It might have been season six when she's sailing when with her entire army and the three dragons. That's the end of season six. Season six, if she went straight to King's Landing with that, she would have won. And she didn't go to Dragonstone. She would have been currently on the Iron Throne, chilling. She would have won. She would have won easily, hands down. Would have won. And the show. I remember they were joking with people, even one of my old roommates who doesn't really watch a show, and he's like, "Whoops." Clearly, she's gonna win. Yeah, and it's like, well, the showing. I said the same thing though. I said clearly she's gonna win. There's no way she's not. And and it's the unraveling. She's fumbling on the one yard line and has been. And I don't necessarily. She's fumbling. She's fumbling because they told her to get into politics, and she's like, I don't want to do politics. I'm a conqueror. I conquer. And everyone and Dario told her. Yeah, and Tyrion is like, no, no, no. If you want to come to Westeros, politics is what we do. Mm -hmm. And she's like, fine. And politics. Got her dragons killed, got her army cut in half, and now currently she's sitting in a position where she has no one left on this world, mm-hmm. except maybe John, but even that is a stretch. And now yeah. she's like, you know what? I have no reason to play nice anymore. I am mm-hmm. going to burn them all and do yeah. what my father never did and was going to do. 
So yeah. there is reason for Danny to be this way. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't want to see millions of people get burned and no, hear no. the children crying out. I'm like Tyrion. It's I'm like, good. I don't want to hear that sound. It's not and Kyburn's like, no, you don't. Oh, God. Implying that he has heard that Anton sound. Lesser, <laughs> Anton Lesser is an MVP of this GD show going back to his first appearance. He's the, you know what in, I said? In, in season two. I was I was on Nerdist previously to this. Yeah. Uh, on their and Game congratulations. Yeah. You need to be on more stuff. I was on the Game of Thrones podcast and they asked me who was the the MVP mm. of this episode. I said Kyburn and then everyone completely looked at me like I was crazy, but Kyburn straight up like pulled like be- crossover between the legs, uh-huh. three point shot from the yeah. middle, Damian Lillard type shooting when he just schooled Tyrion. Yeah. He was like, bro, we killed your dragons. We got dozens of these scorpions. We got the bigger army. You're the one who should be asking yeah. for forgiveness. Which, you know, and Kyburn's the one that designed <laughs> and, and he's the one who brought logic when Tyrion yeah. is like, you're a logical man. And he's like, yeah. yeah, I'm using logic right now, Tyrion. You're not if, using logic. If, and this is a big if, if the show ends with Cersei still on the Iron Throne, I don't I don't think that's the case, but I think she'll die. But but if that's the case, I mean, Kyburn got her there. Yeah, I, I just want Kyburn. I mean, I don't, I, I want to give Cersei credit. I don't want to take, I don't want to take the only thing from I, Cersei, but boom, Kyburn, man. The only thing I want from Kyburn, and I, I know I'm the yeah. weird guy who likes Kyburn, um, just change the look, man. You're not really a maester anymore. <laughs> like I know he's rocking. You want the a go- cape and an armor? Maybe no, a, yeah, a, yeah. Give yeah. him, give him something like. I like he's clearly yeah. not in the maester because that's what maesters wear. You're not really a maester anymore. I, I, I take like, your hand. No, like, I, 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 you're uh, a lord now. Like I want, a, that. I want a new action figure for him. Yeah. But here's I, I take it as him rubbing it in the face of the maester sure. that kicked him out. Sure. And, and I, the fact I, that it's like an all black robe yeah. too, so, which is so like yeah, exactly. Sith. No, Anton Lesser is, is, is of course the actor. I mean, every line. Go back to season two. Other than he shows up, they see him. He's in in um, is it is it two or three? God, I, maybe it's three. I don't know. When he shows up, he's in he's in Har- he's in Harrenhal. Rob Stark finds him. Yeah, or? Rob Stark finds him yeah. in, in Harrenhal, right? It is so, in Harrenhal. Um, yeah, Kyben is all he says. But he, you're already like, who 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 who? Everything he says is just perfect, pitch perfect, perfect as an actor. And I love talking about the show in story. But I love to pause and give the actors credit uh, when it's due, and this is very much due. Um, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. Um, I, I, John, Sansa, Arya, Bran, all this stuff here, because this is the last of the Starks is the episode title. Um, John, and, and, and I know it sucks, and I know it's sad, and I would have pet ghosts too. Don't worry about it. Um, that is the, you know, obviously the symbolism of him leaving the wolf for the dragon. Uh, I think, uh, and I don't necessarily, I don't, and here's the thing. I don't think ghost is, I don't know if that's the last we see of ghosts. We'll check the budgets, but I don't know if that's the last we see. I don't know. It's, I don't even know if that's the last we see of torment. I don't know. Um, but Jon Snow being unable to tell just a little white lie as Tyrion warned him or asked him last season, has it ever occurred to you to lie every now and then? Um, because he's so good, as, as my girlfriend calls him, a Boy Scout, and she's not using it in a good way, of, I've got, I've got to tell you something. Like, even Danny going, don't, don't tell anybody. I'll have sex with you, nephew. <laughs> Just don't tell anybody. We can do this. We can do this. I go to tell people. And again, John's right, you know? Being honest is good. You should. But Ned Stark was like that, too. And even though he's not his father, he's got a lot of that, too. Um He's not, he's not, he's not here for the game. We've always known that. That's not a revelation. So I look at John and that's where I'm like, like he's a, he's the number one draft pick starting to lose it too. Yeah. 
You yeah, know? unfortunately, yeah, that is the case. Um, but but that is Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. Like Jon Snow through and through. W- will happily take a beheading like Ned Stark if that means keeping his honor. You're like, so right. He will happily be like, oh, if this is going to cost me my head, I already died. I don't yeah. care. You think I care about my life? <laughs> I, I already died, man. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. He'd rather keep his honor than keep yeah. his life. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 100% Jon Snow. He had to tell yeah. someone. And yeah. I, I'm glad that he said just my two sisters. That's it. I swear, Danny. That's yeah. it. Just them two. Um, which eventually we all know leads to Sansa, leads, you know, yeah. spilling the beans. And I, and I actually love, I love the brand moment of him. Like, it's up to you. It's your choice. I actually love that. That was great. That was actually like, very good. Cool. cool. But, but at the same time, it, it does go to show Danny's motivations. Like she just really wants there at all costs. Like even I'll, at the cost of keeping the man you say you love mm-hmm. to keep this, this is his first time feeling mm-hmm. somewhat validated. Right. Not being a bastard. And you're taking that away from him? Like, right. even that is a little bit okay. like, how like well that. do you know, John? If you're, you're yeah. taking over his only validation that he has, that he's not a bastard. Mm-hmm. Like, even he doesn't even want the throne. And he's told you multiple times he doesn't. Right. Um, but what she says is correct. Mm-hmm. They will give it to you whether you want it or not. That's yeah. very true. Because we see that in the scene with Varys and Tyrion. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know if yeah. you oh, want to jump there. Yeah, let's jump there because that, yeah. that was one of my – this episode was one of the more season one style episodes for me. Again, little old Ken. I thought this was – wow, this is some season one stuff that I loved. That, that, and, and that Tyrion Varys scene was definitely it. So, yeah. so what do you think? Of uh, that? Well, I immediately, I immediately went back to season seven and what I predicted to mm-hmm. you a long time ago. And I don't think it's a crazy prediction because they essentially told you mm-hmm. they're, they're spelling it out for you in season seven when Varys mm-hmm. first joins Danny's team and he gives the whole spiel of like, you know, why right. should you join my team? And he's like, oh, you know, I'll tell you things straight up. And she's like, cool. But if you ever betray me, Varys, mm-hmm. I will burn you alive. Like she made it. Mm-hmm. She almost slowed down every word <laughs> to the point where it's like, I think she's trying to tell me. Let me be uh, clear. Yeah, I think Varys is going to betray Danny and she's going to burn him alive. Yeah. I don't know if that's a stretch. Yeah. Following that scene, because they made it a point to really emphasize that. Oh, and yeah. then we followed that up with Melisandre being like, hey. You're going to die, by the way. That and would, Kinvara, even if I want to go even further back, yeah. being like, you want to know what the fire, you know, what the voice out of the fire mm-hmm. said to you. This is all leading up to Varys' death. A hundred percent. And that's that. I'm glad you brought it up because we're going to the same spot where I, I, I don't think Melisandre was just telling him, oh, you're going to die because uh, her death was important that she knew was coming. And I think his death is going to be, there's going to be some relevance to it. 100%. And he This is, isn't just, you yeah. know, he tripped. Yeah. yeah. This hit his head, yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be Danny burns him alive. Like, that to mm. me isn't a bold prediction, considering she literally said that. Mm. So I, mm. I think that's where we're headed with Varys. But but everything he said, man, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of want to hear your thoughts of, is he making valid points for he, Jon inheriting the Iron Throne? He, he is. He, he is. And this goes back to, again, what my theme for this episode was, that person's right, this person's right, this Arya's right. Arya, I think Arya was great. We needed Danny, but now we don't need her. Like, I think everyone's saying some truths. There's some truths in there. Remember Sansa said, was it episode two or three? I can't remember now. Um, um, this is, it, we need, sometimes the strongest thing or the right thing you can do is face the truth. Um, and I think that's a lot of what's going on here. Um, I think Varys is, is right to want to remove Danny. I don't think, and what he's done, and remember, this, the Targaryen restoration, 
obviously heavier in the books, but it's still present in the show. He talks to Illyrio Mapatis in season one. Ari overhears that conversation. This was part of his plan. Now, Viserys might have been more part of the plan, but I think we all know Viserys was the bad choice, and Danny rightfully brings that up. Back, sure. back a couple of seasons ago. Oh, you didn't even want me, though. You wanted my crazy, silly, angry, violent, evil brother. Um, so I think he's right. His whole speech about protecting the realm, I think, has always been right because it's not wrong to, you know, to defend the little folk here in this land. Um, but I just don't. I, I Are you Team Tyrion in that scene? I'm a little. T- I'm t- I'm Team Tyrion. It was a good debate. I loved. I loved this. The seeing them debate, being yeah. going back and forth, and Tyrion being like, "No, th- sure, she's ambitious. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Like every he had a comeback for everything. Varys. Said. Yeah. And and his point about you know because Varys is in 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 the world that's created here in, in our world. Unfortunately, at times you know Varys is like, ah, he's a man that helps too. And I love Tyrion going <laughs> that. Joffrey was a was a man, and that didn't matter. Um, um, Not just that, but Cersei's, yeah, like that. That point, I, I know that was a point of conversation. Yeah, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Cersei's on the throne. The lords right. are fine with her for all that's worth. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, that's why I think. Uh, but I think so. The, the both sides of the debate. But I think Tyrion. I think Tyrion's right to be like. In my, I'm interpreting it as just like, hold on, Varys, hold the f on. I know what you do. I've been there. How many kings has it, has it? Have you supported and also tried to remove? Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. Wait, as Wilson Phillips once saying, "Hold on for one more day. Things are going to go your way. Just wait." Because I also, I think he loves, not loves, but I think he really likes Terry uh, Varys. They get, they get along. He, he feels he's valuable. We are, we are advising the queen. We are to be worried. Yes, that's our job. Don't go beyond that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't I think, go beyond I, I that. I think that's that's key in this scene. Is essentially Tyrion isn't saying you're wrong. He's saying yeah. let let's wait and see. Let's mm. help her. Let, let she's young. Like yeah. let's not you know jump ship and immediately try and kill her now. Yeah. Just because she's a little edgy. Yeah. Like let's you know show her the way. Let's be her advisors and advise and try to steer her the right direction. And he yeah. made good counterpoints too, yeah. saying, uh no, mm-hmm. I know crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And John has the right temperament. Mm-hmm. The people love him. He's from Westeros. She's not from Westeros. I know I keep yeah. saying that, but that's huge. That's no, huge. And and John would be a pretty good king. That's yeah. his point, right? Yeah. Obviously, I come in neither, and I still go to Sansa. Yeah. Um, but well, 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 let's jump back to her after this. Yeah. Yeah, but but essentially, it's it's essentially that debate of who would be a better ruler, mm-hmm. and and Varys kind of to to give Varys credit, he sees the coming storm. He sees the yeah. coming craziness. Yeah. Because he can kind of sense it. It's like uh, I still feel like she's a little loose. Yeah. She's a little trigger happy. I, I want to jump ship now instead yeah. of bailing later when she's already killed like hundreds and thousands of people. It's interesting. I wonder how much Varys looked at Rhaegal, uh, 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 Rhaegar, Tiger, not Rhaegal, the dead dragon, but Rhaegar Targaryen, as ever, uh, Barristan Selmy, just going in show here. Let's not worry about anything else. Barristan Selmy telling the great story before he dies of, of, of Rhaegar and everything. Um, I wonder how much Varys is like John now that he know now that he knows this information. Ah, yeah, oh, man, Rhaegar would he have been the best. Reminds me of Rhaegar. Yeah. He could be Rhaegar, and he's not wrong. Yeah, but we also never got to see Rhaegar on the throne. True. 
So sure. we don't know. So so I wonder how much because Sansa's Sansa would be the best. Sansa would be the best to me because she'd be a great politician and queen and she's learned yeah. everything but also i think she also cares about people you know santa sure. to me is a good person um at the end of the day but so i'm i'm fascinated with Varys's fascination with john because on paper for prop don't worry even about the prophecies just on paper yeah yeah it makes sense number everyone one, loves him number one draft pick but everyone loved robert brathian too yeah. Everyone loved Robert And don't Bryan. forget Renly's line, which is a great mm-hmm. line. Do you really think good soldiers make good kings? Yeah. John's a really good soldier. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll lay down on the line. He'll yeah. fight in your battle. But is that going to make a good king? Maybe. Love that you brought in Renly. Love that you but, brought in Renly because there might be warning signs along the way. Yeah. You, you, know, what that, you know what that warning sign is, Ken? Mm-hmm. Not hugging ghost yeah. when you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you brushed over it, but I'm not going to let you get away with that. Let, My don't let God. Me. You didn't want to, you wanted to pet him Cersei on the head. burn people alive. And this was more cruel than that. This was evil. Ken, how can you look in the eyes of that beautiful creature who literally got its ear bit off yeah. by a dead person yeah. and it's scarred up and fought in your battle in your war yeah. and you're tethered to him. Tethered. It's a dire wolf. It's a mystical creature for crying out loud. And you're leaving him as if he's a annoying pet, a clingy dog. (laughs) No, it's a dire wolf. You are not wrong at all. And I don't think it's heartbreak. I don't think it's small. I think it even goes beyond heartbreak. Uh, I think you could look at it. I'm not saying that Dan and Dave put this in here and I'm I just have fun crawling into these corners of stories. All right. Not only is it just a symbolism of the wolf leaving the dragon. You're right. The, the direwolves are connected to them. Mm-hmm. Go back to season one if you forgot, you know? And I think this could be the symbol of, much like Jenny Jenny Volstone's is a song about, people, you know, someone leaving who they're supposed to be and giving up stuff and love and love is the death of duty and all these kind of things. I think it could be representative of the John in season one or season two who's like, or season four, where he's like, oh, come here, boy, there you been. That John... Yeah is is gone in a way by choice like he's like you don't belong here you get away you don't torment take him you don't belong and i think i don't think that's john and i think that's a sign of him slipping if that makes sense 100 percent, a sign of him slipping 100 percent. because for me it very much i don't know that that to me was so heartbreaking considering you brought up 100 outside of craster's keep that was that that scene after Mm -hmm. he killed what carl tanner yeah um, and he's seven hills. Come here, boy. And then he says, I missed you, boy. And he starts yeah. petting him. I mean, come on, man. But I, that's yeah. that's beautiful right there. That's it's, that's true connection. And not just that, but the fact that when he died. Yeah. Who was there by it his side there. before anyone else? But not ghost. But 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 that but again, I think sometimes I think when you let the story play out, something something like that might be a little bit of the point, or at least a, an I, emotional signpost. Yeah. Doesn't mean it doesn't suck. I, it sucks too much for me personally. Like to me, if I had to choose John and Sam, nope, I'm taking John and Ghost. <laughs> John and nope, I'm taking John yeah, yeah. and Ghost. Like nothing, yeah. it, no relationship on yeah. this show has more of a connection, Ken, yeah. than John and Ghost. Like literally it's a literal, connected. It's a literal connection. It's a literal yeah. connection. They're the same person. And yet we mm-hmm. get that. Oh, that was 
Well, it's the last uh, of the Starks, I, but I don't, I don't know if it's over. I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, I mean, maybe obviously it is. This we, is. We can revisit this, and I go, ah, maybe I would have liked John to see him. John goes him, up but. north and retires beyond the wall where he runs yeah. into Ghost, and they hug and the last live shot. happily ever after as the, he rides off into the sunset on top of Ghost. That is the last <laughs> shot of the series. That is the last him shot of the Him heading to the lands of Always Winter yep. on top Ghost. Oh, boy, I made a mistake yeah. leaving you. And the, mu- the score rises. <laughs> Tears fill our eyes. Let's talk. If that's the finale. There you go. That's the best that's, show ever. That's all I want from you. <laughs> that's all I want from you, Andres. Yeah. Just, just wait till they're all in the can so we can yeah. see where it goes. And I think that goes for Torment too. I don't necessarily think he's done. It could be, but sure. Uh, if he is, I, I was cool with that. Yeah, yeah. No, if, I think I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go up north. We're wild. Yeah, we're, we did our, we did our thing. Yeah. Free folk. Part of it was we wanted to be considered yeah. free folk versus wildlings, and we're gonna make our choice to go back. Um, Arya Stark. Um, um, I'm just going to skip a lot of things. Go to this point. Do you think she's going to try to kill Cersei? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, that's that. Essentially, yeah. they told us that when when yeah. she looks at the Hound and he's like, "I have unfinished business," and she's like, "Me too." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're both on a mission to kill yeah. a, a certain someone. <laughs> the Hound wants to kill the mountain, the mountain. and Arya wants to kill Cersei. She wants yeah. to be the one to do it. She and- might be the one to do it, Ken. I, I, I think it's a real good uh, thing. Our, our friend, I still, yeah, yeah, I still have my, if I had betting, I would still put money on Jamie. I, I put money on Jamie, Jamie too. That's the, our, our friend Kevin at Three Cocktail Questions on Anchors. has been, been uh, on the Aria Wears Bernadette's face, the the handmaiden for the queen for mm. a long time. And I think I can get behind that. I think that that's a better chance now than I would have thought even an episode ago. Um, it just, it it's satisfying if Aria does it. She's got a lot of big wins under her belt now, and that's yeah. to me kind of part of her purpose. Um, would that be? Would that be too many touchdowns, though? Might be. Yeah, I might think be. it would be. To be honest, I want to be real honest. I rather I prefer one hundred percent Jamie. I want Jamie. Yeah, I want Jamie. Can I know we yeah. we you literally no. just jumped Arya, but can we jump to Jamie? Um, we ain't jumping. We're talking. Go to Jamie because I love. Him. How did you read that? Because I felt like there was a lot of confusion around that. Because I one hundred percent read it as. I killed for Cersei. I've thrown kids out windows for Cersei. I will murder everyone for Cersei. I got to go get rid of Cersei. Whereas the creators of the show, D&D, afterwards were like, oh, no, he's still he's going back to Cersei. He's in love with Cersei. I did not read that at well, all. Well, they, I read it as, yeah. I love you, Brienne, but there's a woman back mm-hmm. here who was my life, literally my life, mm-hmm. and, and made, like... I'm evil. Like when he said his speech to, to Brienne, you know, right. I'm not a good man. Like I'm an evil dude. Yeah. I, I have to die by this storyline. And, yeah. and essentially, you know what? I've lived my life. I've done all these evil things because of one person. I have to eliminate that person and then die happy. Essentially. He was saying that's how I read it. But was I, it him and falling back to Cersei? I a hundred percent hate that. I a hundred percent read it like you did. Okay. hundred percent read it. And then, and then I 110%. But and then, then I, I saw the after the show and I was, but they, what? they said, they said he, it's like a drug. He's addicted to, to her. And yeah, that's, that's different. But he, they also said that he, that he mm. tried the, the, you know, another woman and he was like, you know what? I'm good. I, I like, I prefer Cersei. And I was like, what? I, yeah, I still <laughs> look, I still don't, I still don't look. I'll say sometimes George Lucas says some things and you're like, I don't know if yeah. that happened, George. Or or uh, yeah. purposely misleading. Purp- or purposely misleading. That's what I heard, too, that I, they're purposely misleading you to think that he's could be, back I, with Cersei. I, t- I took the whole... First, first of all, I love the whole, the whole sequence with Brienne. 
Grace and I are here hooting and hollering. Oh, me too. She had tears in her eyes. Grace, my girlfriend, had tears yeah. in her eyes. And you can go listen to her show, Grace and Alicia Have Lives, uh, on Anchor as well, where they do Game of Thrones stuff. Grace had tears in her eyes, happy for Brienne. And I I loved what happened. I don't love what happened. I, 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 I love the real-world moment. I'll say this. I love the real-world moment of, of two people. They finally get together, and one is afraid of it. Jamie's going to stay up here, and Tyrion's like, oh, good for you. You're up here. Really? I didn't think you could do that. And Jamie's like, oh, I totally, totally turns the corner. I can't do this. And I, I, you know, this isn't a relationship podcast, but I have been in situations where I've broken some hearts, and I'm happy where I'm at, and life gets you where you need to be, but I have turned my back on a situation that probably could have made me very happy because I knew knew it wasn't. And I might have been addicted to, to depression and addicted to to struggle. Like, you know, I'm addicted to heartbreak at one point. I'm no longer that case. You know, God bless it, a woman in my life has changed that. Uh, and she ain't Cersei, um, though she does love her. Um, and that's how I read this sequence. So Brienne crying, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And I saw some, I did see some pushback against that. I saw one person on a friend's Facebook, oh, you turned Brienne into a sniveling thing. If that's how you took it, this isn't your life. It's characters' lives, yeah. and 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 she should be heartbroken because Jamie broke it. Yeah, and that's part of his journey. And I I took it as I've got to go. I've got to go back to her. But I think it's it's going to be uh, for for death. Maybe, but here, Ace. Maybe this. Sorry, I'm monologuing. Maybe he at this point thinks I love her, and then when he gets there, he's like, "No, <laughs> I got to kill you." Maybe. I, I don't mean to happen that it switches like that. Yeah, or a situation happens where mm-hmm. something's going on between Danny yeah. and Cersei, and he's like, "Oh, I still I think I have to stop this by killing Cersei." They hit upon Jamie stabbing his king in the back. Uh, he that that's who he is known for, right? That's what he's known for. The fact that he might have to do it again to me makes poetic sense. Yeah, but for a different reason. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's. Um, uh, maybe he's heralded for that now mm. versus how it defined him well, negatively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still feel like that's where it's going and mm. I like that. I mm-hmm. think most people like it maybe because of the, th- the theory of the Valen car. Yeah. That's essentially why people want this to happen so bad mm. because it wouldn't make poetic sense. Like you just said, but yeah. it's also, I, I, I also took that scene in that heartbreaking moment for Brienne as, mm. as Jamie realizing that I can't retire a happy old man and live happily ever after. I am a man with the blood of thousands on my hands. Mm -hmm. I'm not a good man. I'm going to die. And if I'm going to die, I'm going to do something crazy first, which is get rid of Cersei. Mm -hmm. That's essentially how I read it is him fully embracing death and kind of wanting to die Mm -hmm. because of how evil he is essentially because Jamie's a messed up dude. And that's why I love him. To be honest, I love him. Oh, that Yeah. I love that. He's a, like a crazy psychotic killer reformed. Right. I mean, obviously he's some sort of reformed. Otherwise we wouldn't root for him. Yeah. But he's still a crazy psychotic killer. Like he, he still has blood on his hands. So he feels like the burden I have to lift off my shoulders before I yeah. rest and die is Cersei. He he is one of the more interesting characters on this yeah. show and in a show full of interesting characters. But, but I will say this, Ken, that yeah. if they do go back to Jamie defending Cersei somehow or something like that, I will be not happy with that 
at well, all. Well, I think that'd be fair, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see I just, either. I, I just, just can't, it doesn't make sense. I just can't see it. And yeah. I think it's always, or, or like you said, if, 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 if he does and he's like, yeah. I love you, I'm sorry. Somehow he realizes that he's not yes. doing the right no, thing. May, and maybe, fine. and I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to, to write this show. Uh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, maybe it's like I'm back, honey. Oh wait, you're pregnant. That's my baby. Yeah, that's his you're baby. It's his. That's and, his and baby. I'm gonna kill her. You're you're willing to sacrifice <laughs> people, like oh yeah. Uh, now I have to kill her. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's one, and that's why I always say, hey, let's just let's wait. You know, we are here to analyze what we watched, um, but you know, let's see where it goes. But I, I agree with you. If he shows up and it, and it's and he and Cersei end up happy ever after or whatever, they, no, no, no. Yeah, but that would not. Be you cool. and I read. You and I read it the same way. Cool. And it sucks for Brienne. Uh, it really, really does. It does. But I mean, we kind of predicted it, right? But that's life. Like, yeah. The, the, I'm sorry, one but one that's of them life. Is, one of them is not going to make it. Yeah. This is not going to have a happy ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were we kind of warned about that? Uh, if you yeah. have, Ramsey? You haven't been paying Shout attention. Shout out to Ramsey. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break here, but uh, yeah. certainly I want to I wrap up a little bit on, not wrap up on Sansa, but, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I have loved what they've done with Sansa this year. Um, I should just have her on the show next time, but I, I know for a fact Grace, who's never been a huge Sansa fan, her favorite Sansa moment was this hound scene. A lot of people didn't like that scene. That's a different maybe discussion. But her scene, she went like this. That's the best scene they've given Sophie Turner the entire show. And and I think for me, it is this dark horse candidate, the girl who's doing needlepoint, is now the one I think who should be queen. And she knows it, and I'm glad she knows it. Yeah. And she looks back and goes, Yeah. Man, it took me it took me seven seasons, Ken, but I'm mm-hmm. finally on board for Sansa. But that's Stark. but that uh, no season. I did not like Sansa. Me either, buddy. Every season, me either, buddy. I never liked Sansa Stark. Me either, buddy. And, uh, and, and, but this is the season that finally gets me. And you know what yeah. it is, Ken? Yeah. I will say it again. My boy Littlefinger, in honor of Littlefinger, because I think mm-hmm. he, even he, knowing he died at the somehow mm-hmm. in the afterlife, Littlefinger is proud of Sansa, even though he knows that he was killed by her. Mm-hmm. He's somehow how grinning and yes. being like yeah i taught you well girl i taught you to get uh, <laughs> you like, killed me but, uh, but yeah. you killed me but that was good <laughs> like you played yeah. the game well i still feel like he's somehow proud and somehow his legacy mm-hmm. lives on in sansa stark and as i said yeah. before if that's the case that's the best i no one better than someone uh, yeah. a powerful woman being taught by the most powerful, the smartest man to me yeah. is Littlefinger. Like all the skills of Littlefinger mm-hmm. inside the heart of a Sansa Stark, inside yeah. uh, 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 the body of a powerful woman. That to me yeah. is like all the attributes with, of someone who's with, uh, the perfect ruler. Again, a little bit of Cersei, a little bit of Catelyn, a little bit of, Cersei, little bit of Ned. Catelyn, yes, of yes. Like, that's yeah. the perfect combination of like trained by, mm-hmm. a little bit by Cersei, just like yeah. from afar, trained closely by Littlefinger the Stark family of honor and, and, right. and, and, and royalty and all this stuff. Well, it makes the perfect candidate. And, and honestly, yeah. I don't, uh, we, we keep saying iron throne, iron throne. I don't think she's going to be iron throne. I don't no. think she wants it to be honest. Mm. I think she's going to rule the North and yeah. she's going to make an independent North and she's going to be, you know, the king Look, in the North, the king in the North, the queen in the North. I think that's, 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 that, I think that's what's going to happen. Even though I, I feel like she would be the best ruler of Westeros. It's, it's, it's really hard for me right now to predict the, the story's end yeah. even more than I think going into this season, uh, which I love, by the way. Um, but one of one possible outcome, what you just described, really excites me of this. I have a T-shirt that says the North remembers. And yeah, that's a reference to the Red Wedding and the North. But that's not something just for the Red That is That is something that's known. 
Mm. You know what they say. The North remembers. We hear all the time. Uh, the North, um, you know, John, you, you're a dire wolf. You don't belong here. It, you know, we're the we're dead. We hear it all the time. The, the North, yeah. the North, the North, the North. And this idea of, you know, we have Torrin Stark, the king who knelt. We have all these history of Starks and everything. And that Sansa could be the one to the last of the Starks, essentially, because I Arya's Arya's all about family. She talks about it often. She wants John. That's what starts the whole conversation. But I think that I, I really still see Arya going west of west, or that's not me. It's a good point. If the episode is titled "The Last of the Starks," yeah. Sansa is the last Stark because Bran ain't it. Bran isn't it. <laughs> Arya is kind of. You're right. She kind of isn't either. Yeah, she, she's like, I'm going to come back for the family reunions, but I'm going to go travel. Sure, I'm going to go see the world. Sansa is me. the last Stark. Sansa's last Stark, and yeah. so if the show ends in any way, shape, or form, and part of with part of it being her restoring the North, I think that's what and it the is. Queen of the North, yeah, that's quite an impressive journey. It for is, me. It, and it's. I, I really hope it also ends with the breaking of the wheel, which basically means no more. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you know who I don't think is going to make it out alive. Ken, Tell I don't me. think King's Landing is going to make it out alive. No, because Dan, <laughs> I think Danny prophesied that, and Danny yep. might be the one to do it now. Oh yes, could you I imagine think, going? Sorry, go imagine going back to that season two prophecy with the the with Pat Pre, Pre in the House of the, the Undying. Imagine going back to that and going, oh yeah, Dan, Danny, that yeah, that's you. That's you. That's immediately what I thought because I kept going back to it. And at the end of the episode, it hit me. I was like, oh. House of the Undying. We still haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. It's Danny. Mm-hmm. I've been. It's re- Danny. Danny yeah. burns King's Landing. She she basically fulfills a prophecy from the Mad King. Yeah, like that. That is full Go. Star Wars. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ace, if uh, if I could hug you right now, I could. But yeah. my desk. I was just gonna say. Go to some of the stuff with Anakin. I'm talking yeah. the Phantom Menace novel. Yep, I said it. Go to the Mortis arc in Clone Wars and go to some of the general prophecies in Star Wars. Um, Vader gets the visions all the time. There's things going on and people kind of get these visions and he is the chosen one. He is the chosen one, but part of that is to bring about some destruction and, and there's a path. That's a whole different discussion. But I went to that and I went to George R.R. R. Martin, as we know, as we say, and I say it a lot, and I even say it on the Force Center podcast when talking about the prophecies of Star Wars. George R. R. Martin loves saying prophecies are, are misinterpreted, wrong, misleading. Uh, I was watching Alt-Shift-X talking about uh, uh, Archmaester Marwin, which is a book-only character. I thought Broadbent was going to play him in Season 7. It wasn't the case. Um, where Marwin just straight out says prophecies, and I'm paraphrasing, prophecies do you wrong. And you've got John and Danny prophesized in a lot of people's minds, and I'm mean even in fans' minds, as the great savior. Sometimes I wonder if, if George R. Martin's like, no, part of my point is you shouldn't believe in those kind of prophecies. Yeah. And someone like Sansa is more valuable to me in, in those type of stories. I don't know, man. Yep, I feel you. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about. Ace and I thought we were going to have a quicker episode because it was just us two. If Lon and Rachel are here, this would be a seven-hour episode, <laughs> which would be amazing. But we're going to take a quick break. we got some fan uh, questions to get us started uh, into our uh, second half of our discussion here. Uh, stick with us. I know you guys love the love the shows, but Ace and I also have uh, you know other work to do because we got to work. Um, um, this is why I think Casually Talk should now be five days a week. Not, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about. Let's get to it. Casually Talk coming back in just a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, I'm Thomas Rissling and welcome back to Ruminations from the Realm here on Casterly Talk. Now today I want to talk about the Mad King and how his descent into madness both parallels and differs from Danny's. But let's start with some history. Ares II Targaryen was the Mad King and father to Rhaegar, Viserys, and Daenerys. His reign began suddenly after the death of his father in 262 AC and it ended with his own death in 283 AC at the hands of Jaime Lannister. Over the first 9 or 10 years, he was a fairly successful king who was somewhat composed, though he was quick to anger and very malleable and easy to sway. He had grandiose dreams like building a new capital city entirely out of marble because he couldn't stand the smell of King's Landing, and another one like constructing a network of underground tunnels to make the deserts of Dorne bloom again. He achieved very few, if any, of these lofty goals, though over time he began to tire of these dreams just as fast as he would dream them up. He started growing apart from his lifelong friends and even his king's hand, Tywin Lannister. Tywin was widely considered at this time to be one of the best hands in history, and some even claimed it was he who truly ruled the Seven Kingdoms. And the worst part of it was that during the first ten years of his reign, he and his wife Rhaella had three miscarriages, two stillborn children, Prince Daeron who died at only six months old, and Prince Aegon, who was born prematurely and died at roughly nine months old. So seven lost children. Ares II was not present at Summer Hall when the tragedy that killed many of his blood relatives had occurred. He would have only been a teenager who was likely terrified that something had happened to his sister and new wife, Rhaella, who at the time was carrying Rhaegar. But despite such horrible tragedies plaguing his life, the most important event, and the one that is said to have fully brought out the madness in him, was the Defiance of Duskendale. I'll do a Cliff Notes version here, but I really encourage you to read into the Defiance of Duskendale and the events both before and after, as it's really interesting stuff. Duskendale is a port city on Blackwater Bay that had by 277 AC lost most of its wealth and standing because King's Landing was rising to prominence and was essentially replacing it economically. The Lord of Duskendale, Dennis Darkland, refused to pay taxes to the crown and decided that Duskendale deserved a charter similar to that which Dorne had established hundreds of years earlier, allowing them certain rights and privileges that the other lords of Westeros were not afforded. After their defiance had been established, Dennis invited Ares to Duskendale to hear out his wishes. Tywin wisely advised his king against it, but Ares' distrust of his hand and his paranoia around Tywin's every decision and move had already been growing over the last five years, to a point that they'd actively been working against each other's interests even. So Ares ignored Tywin and departed for Duskendale, and upon his arrival at Duskendale, the men in King Ares' escort were murdered, and he was imprisoned for months. 
During this time, Tywin fought hard to rescue his king, with no other option but to besiege Duskendale until they ran out of supplies, for he knew that attacking would mean certain death for his king. Tywin eventually gave Lord Darklyn an ultimatum. Release the king, or die in the morning along with every single person within their walls. But before dawn, Ares was saved single-handedly by Ser Barristan Selmy of the King's Guard, who scaled the walls at night and rescued his king. This act led to the surrenders of House Darklyn and Hollard, as they had lost really their only bargaining chip. But King Ares was never the same. He executed the members of Houses Darklyn and Hollard swiftly and without mercy, except for when Ser Barristan requested that he spare one Hollard boy, Dantos. King Ares could not deny the man who had saved his life, so he spared the boy. And a side note, this boy is the same knight who showed up drunk to Joffrey's name day and was made into a literal fool after Sansa spoke up for him. After the defiance was stamped out entirely, the Mad King's ever-present bouts of rage and paranoia became more frequent and intense. He would go on to stay in the Red Keep for nearly four years straight, never leaving, abusing his wife and developing his deep obsession with fire and wildfire. He became so afraid of being poisoned that he would rarely eat, eventually causing him to become thin and sickly. He would often cut himself on the Iron Throne accidentally, so often in fact that he grew desperately afraid of sharp objects and blades, going so far as to not allow his hair and nails to be trimmed, despite his hair being down to his waist and his nails being nearly nine inches long. This paranoia eventually shifted into him thinking that every blade could and would be used to kill him. This combined with his malnutrition meant that the cuts did not heal, further worsening his appearance as he became covered in wounds, earning him a second nickname, King Scab and fueling further gossip about him. He would then accuse his hand, Tywin Lannister, of failing to rescue him, pointing out that Tywin besieged the castle instead of storming it, even though Tywin took that route to save Aerys' life. Now we all know the rest. He went on to appoint Jaime to the King's Guard, causing Tywin to resign and return to Casterly Rock, the act that eventually led to the sack of King's Landing and ultimately to his death. He brutally executed Rickard and Brandon Stark, amongst many, many others, and even plotted to destroy the entire city of King's Landing with wildfire. He remained truly mad until his very last breath. Now, let's take a look at Danny and her recent somewhat descent into madness. She lost her only true child and the first man she loved in rapid succession. Then she lost her two other children in Rhaegal and Viserion, again in rapid succession. Then she finds out that the man she now loves is also her nephew and is actually the rightful heir to the throne that she's fought over a decade for. She also lost the majority of her armies along with her favorite advisor and dear friend, Sir Jorah Mormont. And all of these different events have caused her to doubt and even threaten those who have allied themselves with her, John included. She's even developed a bit of a taste for burning those who oppose her. And all of this has happened while they were gearing up to fight the army of the dead, but also the family of her hand, Tyrion Lannister, whose sister then kidnaps and executes Danny's closest friend, Missandei, ruthlessly, and right after killing Rhaegal the Boot. So now that we're all caught up, look at it and ask yourself, is Danny's madness any different from her father's, or any less understandable? If it is, how? And if not, was the execution of Missandei Danny's defiance of Duskendale moment? Because I sure think it was. You can find me on Twitter at Thomas Wrestling, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Ruminations from the Realm here on Casterly Talk.
We're back on Casterly Talk. Thanks for that segment from Thomas Risling, Ruminations from the Realm. His uh, segment segment there about the madness. Danny's got some questions for you there. Check it out there. And then we got to, Ace. We got a lot to talk about here, but I wanted to go to uh, go to the phones in a way yeah. and hear some thought starters. Uh, we have a longtime listener, Eric Monroe. We heard from him last week. He's back again. Let's listen. Hey, Casterly Talk. So my question this week is about Cersei and who's going to kill her now. Honestly, we had there's a lot of contenders of who I think will end up doing because I do think she is going to die. But my question is, we know about the Valencar prophecy. It hasn't been said on the show. We know Arya is going to King's Landing. She said she has unfinished business. We know she wants to do it. So my question is, if Arya is the one that ends up killing Cersei, would that be fulfilling for you or would you consider it a disappointment if it's not Jamie? or if it's not Tyrion. Hey, Ken. It's Vic. Hope you're doing well. Can't wait to hear you guys break down this week's episode of Game of Thrones. To me, the most interesting character this entire season has been Danny. I think the show has really been trying to vilify her, but as always, things are never black and white. Her motives are selfish, but her strategy isn't necessarily wrong. Sometimes you have to use brute force to take down a tyrant like Cersei, and innocent people may die in the crossfire, just like any war in human history. And, you know, she's someone who has had everything stripped away from her. Jorah, her dragons, her armies, Missandei, and now her whole identity is in question because of John. And the most dangerous people in the world are the ones who have nothing left to lose. So, really interested to see how this whole plays out. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Thanks. Thanks, Vic. Vic was one of the uh, longtime uh, callers he used to have on Daily Thrones along with Eric. Uh, all right, uh, Andres, we, we did talk about a lot about this here, but I wanted to bring it back up and bring these questions to kind of put a point on them and then move on to some final stuff here. Um, to Eric's question, we talked a lot about who will kill Cersei. Yeah. Uh, I think we're, we, we we explain, hey, we might not be satisfied if Jamie does it. But then he talked about Tyrion. Tyrion and Cersei had a big moment in the show. Yeah. I want to introduce that. Your thoughts on Tyrion maybe killing her and what will be satisfying for you? I feel like I I could see it. I just, I kind of don't want to see it. I wouldn't be mad at it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, to me, it's everything Cersei imagined. And that mm-hmm. to me is so disappointing, right? It's it's Cersei always thought that Tyrion would be the one to be her downfall. Right, right. And, and her kind of being subverted and realizing it's Jamie is so much more poetic to me than Tyrion. Mm-hmm. And obviously to the point of Arya, I think we both agreed that it's fine, but it wouldn't be as cool if it was Jamie or as well done. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it might be a little bit of too much back to back W's for for Arya. And I'm I'm I, I like the idea of Tyrion doing it too, but it does seem that she's so focused on it yeah. that it would be Jamie. Which and here's and here's and here's what's funny to me. I'm I'm still a little bitter from these last couple of weeks on social media. If Jamie Kills her. I bet people be like, ah, saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what's funny? To answer mm, his first point, I don't think yeah. the Volunkar prophecy as far as the younger brother has ever been brought up on the show. Correct it, me if I'm wrong. It, no, yeah, that, and that's what it never you say. It never has. Uh, never Maggie has. the Frog. Which, I think that's purposeful. Yeah. Uh, Maggie the Frog, which begins season five. Uh, uh, Jody May plays her from Last of the Mohicans. Shout out to Jody May. Um, does just completely uh, does not address it. And I remember at the time, uh, thinking, um, well, what, what about the Valencar? What about the Valencar? And I just, I, this is, and this is where I've, I've, I've now three years later, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean, I, just, I hope this isn't finger wagging to anybody who enjoys a lot of that stuff. Just sometimes you just have to let that go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not Let just that, go on the, the show. fact that what everything you're saying right now, yeah. it, people would say it's too obvious. Imagine if they actually said it. Now, then it would be too obvious. Then it would be really but obvious. But now, I think they purposefully left it off the prophecy so they could do it. Yes. Because as I told you previously off mm. air about yeah. Avengers Endgame, a lot of people who watch these movies and these shows don't necessarily keep up with everything outside of it. Yes. So not everyone knows about this prophecy, Ken. I can mm-hmm. see a lot of viewers because let's face it, Game of Thrones has a lot of people who tune in that don't know anything about anything yeah. and just watch this show as a soap opera. Yeah. That that would be shocked that Jamie would kill her and it, would be incredibly surprised by it. It goes to and and I and I'll say this again. Oh, Ken's been grumpy the last couple weeks. I think a lot of people in the punditry game love to sit on these shows and they love to uh, tear into things and they are just simply ignoring some important things, which is you mentioned it, Ace, up top, which is why I love you. The business of making television, the business mm-hmm. of making movies, the business of shows, the business of budgets. You know what might have sucked? You know why the Dothraki went into the dark to die? It costs too much for the horses. Yes. That sucks. I also think, from my point of view, if you go back to season seven, the Dothraki are best in the open field. So if I had them, I'd want to, hey, you, you're good running long plus, post patterns. Plus, it was a good scene. Plus, plus it was just, a beautiful scene. It was amazing. It was the uh, best part of the, I mean, for a lot of people, the best part of the episode. It, and, it, and, it, and, it worked, <laughs> and it worked, that's a different, we're going back to life. It worked yeah. because it was like, holy crap, because we saw what they did in the loot crate battle. Loot crate, loot train. Yeah. Thinking of video games. Um so I, 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 oh my gosh, I lost where I was talking. What were we talking about? Uh, oh, the Jamie. T the business of, no, the business of TV. Yep. Uh, and, and, and the Valencar and all these prophecies are great in the books when you have, uh, 14 chapters to explain it. Yeah. I guarantee, I know friends who say, I love Game of Thrones. And they were like, I haven't rewatched it ever. I'm thinking of doing that before season eight. And I was like. I've watched it 16 times, yeah. episodes one through seven. Yeah. You know, one through, one season not one not through just seven. that, but you can go back to R plus L. How R many friends L. were like, what? Dude, I'd wear that. What is that? I have, I have that t-shirt. And they love Game of Thrones. They're like, oh, Jon Snow's my favorite, but they have no idea what R plus L yeah. prophecy and, or, or theory is. They, they, yeah. Theory videos and theory stuff doesn't yeah. hit everyone who watches the show. hit the show, nor no. does sometimes the, the conversations. You know, we talked, I, kn- I know, and I'm not, I'm not really fully addressing it here because also we're two men and, and maybe we should, but I, I know that Sansa Hound scene is upsetting a lot of people, but I also know at yeah. least three women, and there's, Two million billion listening to right now, um, who found that to be their favorite scene of the show. Interesting, and I I'm not going to take that away from them. It's a different. It's a topic I almost don't want to touch right now. I can't. No. I don't feel I have a right because to. because if we do, I have some hot takes. <laughs> Let's not go there, Ken. Um, and and but that but that's that's and, and I I this is a it's a TV show. You know why? You know why? Um, you know why we knew Missandei was going to die. Mm. Natalie Emanuel had top billing. That's a business of TV. And you wa- we watched it and we we're like, oh, not good for her. She's got top billing this week. That's contracts. It's things you have to do. And, yeah. and that's all factors into making a television show on this scale. But to play devil's advocate, play it, eh? sometimes that it goes against 
for the good of the story and for the good of this plot and 100%. for the good of the characters, for the good of the characters. I mean, yeah. Uh, because sometimes it feels a little empty and it feels a little rushed and it feels a little bit like a plot device. Mesende's death. I'm jumping to Mesende's death. Yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, well, fe- yeah, we need to talk about it. Yeah, because it feels a little bit of a plot device, a little bit of a. Of mm-hmm. a I, I called it fridging today, and I got a lot of crap for it. Fridging. A lot of Explain crap. that. I'm old and don't yeah, understand so, the terms of our youth. So essentially, it, it's it's getting a female character a love interest mm-hmm. and 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 putting her in a relationship with a man okay. and then killing her off in a brutal gotcha. way in a brutal right, way right, right. so the man could be motivated to do something special it, it, yeah, it yeah. comes from the green lantern comic where mm, mm. he falls in love with the girl and then he finds her dead inside her fridge that the whole purpose oh. of that was to get him to get mm. mad at the villain who did that or whatever a yeah. lot of people got real mad at me for saying that on nerdist and were saying i was using the term incorrectly i get it because the term essentially is to say that it's an empty female female character a, a character that doesn't have oh, any like background as, as, as it re- refers to the green lantern correct example. But gotcha, whereas gotcha. Masende has a ton of background has a ton, has a yeah, ton yeah. of character and she is a full rounded character and i get that sure, but yeah. i can counter by saying Mm. Have we seen that from Masende? We haven't seen a lot from her these past few seasons, and I feel like mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. been building up to this moment mm-hmm. to use her as a plot device to push Danny over the edge. To push right. uh, and Great Worm too, but the Great yeah, Worm's yeah, yeah. a whole separate story because yeah, yeah. he's a he's a secondary character to so someone like a Danny. Yeah. But I, I feel like that was a plot device to get Danny to go full Mad Queen. Where at first she was like, I'm yeah. thinking about burning, you know what? I'm burning the whole thing. Yeah, Whereas before yeah, yeah. she was like, Maybe I'll burn it, and now she's like Dracaris, let's go. Like yeah, yeah. The, that was Masende's death, essentially. That right. was the purpose of it. No, I, th- I think I, I, a hundred percent. That's what you're fine, but, that's but fine. if yeah, I yeah. play devil's advocate, I could say yeah. that's lazy writing for a female character. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's just me, you know, being no, no, picky. No, it's no, no, no. It's a, believe me, people are having this discussion online. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 I don't have a I don't want to have a counter to that. I think you're right. I, I uh, you made me think of uh, we talk about it in Star Wars a lot on Force Center. The mothers of Star Wars and the mothers of a lot of stories, Bambi even. Uh, mothers die so that the character can go on. That's right? right. And then they have a relationship with the father. Yes, that is that is part of uh, what we hope is now an evolving landscape of of storytelling. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Can I, can I add one thing to something that I I talk to off air with the Nerdist guys is, is the idea of this story is essentially given us the mad queen versus mad queen Mm storyline. And and the fact that Varys has this long conversation and speech about how John would be perfect because of his temperament and also because he's a man. And I thought that was a very bold statement because at the end of this story, we get, we get the, the two overly emotional women. We need a good man to sit on the yeah. throne to save us from these crazy emotional ladies. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a funny little yeah. side question that I had is like, the, is the purpose mm. of Game of Thrones bitches be crazy? Because yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like that's where they're headed and that's no, kind of but, problematic. But, but here's my thing and my here's my thing and my counter to that. And okay. George R. R. Martin has said this. Yeah. And my counter is Sansa, and that's yeah. what they told me too. That yeah, yeah. The nerdist people and, and, and yeah. Joe Bot was like, well, Sansa is Sansa. cool. And I'm not I want to make this clear. Ace and I aren't debating this point, but George R. R. Martin has said too. Uh yeah, a lot of bad things happen to my women because that's the point. That's true. Uh and maybe some of this stuff, and hear me out here. And this doesn't. If you're listening, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking any uh, a, a solid moral stance here. I think some of the stuff, all eight seasons of the show, some of the stuff should make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Some of the stuff, when, when Cersei Lannister tells Oberyn Martell, everywhere in the world they treat 
little girl's bed. I went, oh man, she's not just not just Westeros, but in life. That's true. And, and I, yeah. I still every time that moment, I yeah. was like, no, that's yeah, not because oh, not but, a Dorn. Yeah, but but, but then again, <laughs> Dorn yeah, was cool. Yeah, because Dorn's cool. Yeah, yeah. You made it shitty, but Dorn was cool. And yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm so I. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. And I'm not. And this is where I would love to have Rachel's in lawn. It's a, it's and a, a bigger productive. metaphor for the treatment of yeah. women everywhere. Everywhere, and yeah. sometimes that is is the point. Does it is it always right to that? No. Uh, we talk. Uh, there was a troubling kind of problematic uh, Marvel Star Wars comic recently, and, and Joseph and Jennifer and I kind of all kind of came. You know. Story itself might not have been uh, bad. It's just the Darth Vader the Darth Vader. controversy. Story itself might not have been bad, but do we need to hear that story right now? Mm. And there's a lot of other things in storytelling better yeah. right now. And I think sometimes with Game of Thrones, they've done completely wrong things yeah, and, and, and handled it wrong and done the wrong focus. And sometimes it's just, I, sometimes I look at it and go, yeah, actually, I think that was the point. Yeah, I, um, I feel like... And I'm not even necessarily talking about Missandei right With the show as big as Game of Thrones, I think controversy will always be a part of it. And I feel like that's essential to the the theme of the show. No, I really do feel like, as someone who's a fan of Spartacus, my God, have you seen Spartacus? Yeah. Spartacus, there's rape every other episode. And Mm -hmm. it's pretty brutal and it's pretty gratuitous. Yeah. I still love that show to the Mm -hmm. core. Uh, I understand some of the elements might be a little too much, but that was the point of the show, right? To show you the Roman era. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Game of Thrones has a little bit of that. And I still feel like criticism is valid. I oh, think yeah, yeah. You, you can be allowed to say, I still feel like that scene with, with Ramsey and Sansa was way too much, way mm-hmm. too gratuitous mm-hmm. and took it too far and wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it feels a little bit of a plot device to, to be, you know, for D and D to say, Hey, look, she, she's cool because she got raped. It's like, yeah. oh, do we really want to say that? And, and, and this is me countering you. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there's just a lot there, and I and I really do feel like it's it's interesting. It's it's yeah. a very interesting point. I remember taking a a, a feminist class mm-hmm. back in college, right when season two was out, I think, or season three? No, season season three. Season three mm-hmm. was out, yeah. and I was taking a feminist course at ASU, uh, and it was interesting because I had a conversation about Game of Thrones because the whole. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones is famous for its strong female characters. Yeah. So I thought I had all the right points, but a lot of people, a lot of the women countered me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I've, I've never thought of Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones being somewhat problematic with their mm-hmm. female. I thought of them as mm-hmm. the strong female independent women, but mm-hmm. there is some issues and I think it's fair to point them out. Oh, no, let me make this clear. It, it is uh, just, uh, and I'm not, uh, uh, you know, like uh, specifically to the Mesenda desk. Here's why I like it. Because someone uh, she should have jumped on her own. And, no, 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 no. Because if she I don't did agree that, with that. No, no. Because if she did that, yeah, Danny would have been like, "I'm going to burn it down," and the people would have been like, "Well, we don't, we don't know if Cersei was going to kill her. Cersei did grab her. Maybe yeah. she was like, hey, all right. I haven't heard that take. That's yeah. a weird. Oh, I've take. heard some people take Whoa. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but but at the end, of, yeah, is, is there some problems? Uh, yeah, is there some problems in uh, all of Hollywood storytelling? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And I That's think it's, what I just said, like, yeah, compare Game of Thrones to Spartacus, and it's like, yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones is so way better. I don't, yeah, I don't intend, I don't want anyone. I, I and in this day and age, I want to make, I want to press pause and make sure go. I, please, everyone, understand where I'm coming from. I'm just like some of this. Uh, I'm trying to be as clear as I can from my per- perspective, but also, uh, you know, perspective of others. There was, I, I don't want to. She's not part of the show, but. Uh, there was a, a female I was working with the other day on another show, and off air we were talking about Game of Thrones, and uh, uh, and a, we knew we were going to address a question about Dan and Dave and Star Wars, and someone's like, "Wow, are we do we still want them to do it?" And she said, um, "She said she goes, well, I think since they left the books, Dan and Dave have written the female characters better than George did." 
And uh, okay, so I that's, that's a hot take. That's right a hot there. take in her perspective. And considering I, there's there's D and D fate uh, hate yeah. accounts <laughs> yeah. from yeah. women, absolutely, absolutely, and and and, how he writes and, and I am and I mean, and I'm not taking that away from them, and I can't take it away from her. I I I, I don't feel I have uh, I have to listen more than I have to talk 100%. in those in these conversations, um, and it's hot button issues, everything across. Um, and the show, it's it's so funny because the show just continues to dig down on what it is sometimes and have some really uncomfortable moments that sometimes maybe you don't need it. And sometimes maybe to me, it's part of it, but the Missandei death, as far as a, it was to us, I think it was a plot device in the sense of for Danny and everything. And that, and that could, uh, I could absolutely like rob gravity. Some... All it takes is one big <laughs> one push. push. Yeah, absolutely. Calling the Joker there. I think we got through an uncomfortable conversation. I, I think don't know. I, I, I'm, ho- I'm crossing my fingers. People are okay <laughs> listening right now. I am afraid. Angrily tweeting. I am afraid. Because I did not mute words, Ken. I am very, I I'm words. inviting. Tweet at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> at Squad Leader Ace. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm always about the conversations and I want to yeah. handle it right. I, my Hunter. intention is to always handle it right. Yeah. And I'm on a podcast, so it's hard to, to, to shut up. But in real life, I try to listen more than I talk. Um, and, and it's it's good to remind people that this is a fictional story. But that but that but that's sometimes my thing too. Like even some Star Wars stuff around Rogue One and stuff. I was like, da, 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 da. I was like, yeah, yeah but you all, you also understand that Star Wars. Like yeah. just just it, it's and it's also to reflect back on some things and and uh, you know again for God's sake, Masande is like eleven in the books. <laughs> like you know, like it's yeah. a different take altogether. Um, <laughs> and 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 in story in story. Uh, I loved her final words of burn it down. Um, and I, and I feel for gray worm so much. Just want to oh, hug that dude. I got hot thoughts on gray worm, my yeah. boy. Yeah. You Killing love gray worm. He's still alive. Ace. Is he? <laughs> I think he's dead inside Ken. Uh, and I also think that we're going to see super Saiyan gray worm. And I am here for it. What'd I'm you say? Super Saiyan? What? Super Saiyan. Uh, Super Saiyan basically means like I'm, I'm old and I don't know uh, your terms. It's Dragon Ball Z. Uh, <laughs> Super Saiyan means like when when a, when a Saiyan goes Super Saiyan, they they extra powerful and they they can take down armies. Love it. They can take blo- explode planets. This, this is a parent lifting a car when their kids oh, yeah. trapped he's underneath gonna, it. He's gonna destroy the Golden Company single handedly. I'm Grey Worm in a spear against the entire Golden Company. <laughs> I put I tweeted that out too. I said I'll take Grey Worm. Versus killing the, the entire golden company. Versus Harry Next Strickland and everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> I still think, cause remember his, his pretty, I thought it was a pretty powerful moment to miss Sandy in Winterfell of, do, do you want to die in this land? Yeah. Let's go to where we are loved. To, to take a sidetrack. Yeah. One thing I can't, I can't comment on the, on the female interactions and the right, female right. relationships. I can't comment. I can't. And I've been very vocal about this, about the POC characters on yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones because there isn't any. Right. And the ones we do get, get brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. destroyed, tossed aside, raped, exploded, whatever. We we don't see a good ending to any of the POC characters, person of color for anyone who doesn't know what that term means. Uh, I, I, I do feel a little bit sad about that. I'm not upset about it. I'm not right. saying, but but the fact that it is the only, you know, African, sure. you know, um, woman of color on the show mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is a little bit sad. And I, and I, uh, where Grey Worm is headed is the same direction as well. But, but again, that's a whole different conversation. You- and I feel like it's not, it's not bad. It's just, it's disappointing. It, it is where it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's disappointing. How do you feel about the idea? And some people had, uh, you know, uh, I saw a couple of people tweet, maybe even us, uh, a couple. Of, 
see episodes ago of like this ending with him going back to North and burying her there in some way, shape or form. It'd be great. Um, yeah. I don't, I still see it's him going down in a blaze of glory. You, you still see that? Oh yeah. Especially after Miss Ender. He's got nothing to live for. True. Oh huh? yeah, 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 yeah. And now he's, he's, he, he's literally back to being he is 100% full emotional. Unsullied. Full you know? unsullied. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, but at the same would time, would that offer you any comfort? <laughs> I'm trying to sure, give you any 100%. Com- I'm trying any, to put a blanket kind of, of comfort that around you. And Jon Snow riding off into the sunset with Ghost. I think we have two <laughs> endings we want to <laughs> Those see. Those are the two endings that because if give me that and I'll forgive everything. <laughs> if the characters cuz I don't even know if I think what you're talking about maybe not just with Grey Worm, Grey Worm but a lot of characters going out in different kinds of blazes of glory, good and bad. Uh not talking about the Bon Jovi versions. Uh if the if we do a, a, a appendices Lord Lord of the Rings ending John riding off, Arya going west to west, Grey Worm getting to the shores of Narth, where he is uh, uh, yeah. bittersweet, sad, but can be loved and accepted uh, sure. in a way he wouldn't be in Westeros. Yeah, there's a lot of things about that. I, I, all those various endings that I'd be okay with, but uh, I also think this is uh, this is going to end badly. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a happy ending, Ken. No. I, I don't. And and Vic had the question about Danny. We obviously talked a lot about yeah. Danny, um, but. Um, I want to, as we kind of start to wrap up here, because we do eventually have to get out yeah, of these, uh, these places, uh, going back to Danny, because this was an episode called The Last of the Starks, and I think that has a lot to do with Sansa, but I think with the image, the the the, the journey of Danny, as you so wonderfully put it, the, the da- Daenerys Targaryen bad day, um, which literally starts with her, you know, burying essentially Jorah, and ends with this this loss of, of Masande, um, and she's ready. And I saw someone tweet out that look on her face is like the I want to see the manager of King's Landing now face where she's going to take it out. Um, Vic's kind of I don't think I'm not saying I'm not putting words in our fan uh, Vic's uh, mouth here, but uh, he's looking at is there any justification and everything? And you've, you've we've talked a lot about you not following Danny. Do you do what do you th- what? Here's where I'm stumbling to get. What do you want Danny to do next, Andres? Ooh. It's good. What me, do you want? Put me in a tight spot. I'm putting you in a tight, tight box. Yeah. We're in a tight spot, as uh, George Clooney would say on uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou." What What do you think? Because I think the love it or hate if, it, if she's I'm got being, a lot of motivations to burn it all down. She does. She does have a lot of motivations. I would totally be against that. To be honest, I yeah. don't. As Tyrion said, mm-hmm. don't want to see little kids get burned. Um. But at the same time, it is difficult for her to win this battle without Drogon. Mm-hmm. I, personally, bench your your you know bench your star player is, mm-hmm. is is my word of advice for Danny. Bench Drogon. Don't risk it. You know, <laughs> I love, it. I love Hail the Mary. Shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hail Mary. Pass with Drogon. While what 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 are we going to get? Like dozens and dozens of scorpion boats flying yeah. at him. That's such a risk. I mm-hmm. don't know if I would risk that. To me, I would place your bets on the unsullied. Yeah, maybe even wait for the Dornish to. I thought, it was, it, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, they were like Yara. Do something that requires more men and mm-hmm. less dragon fire. I still, by the way, I still think. I know she took. Um, Took Pike back and 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 uh, yeah. And why don't but, we wait for Yara to but, see if she can w- bring some Ironborn or wait for the prince, the new prince of Dorne, which 
you know, spoiler yeah. alert, it's me, guys. I'm the new Prince of Dorne. <laughs> I took over the Martells. I would love that. If the you Cabreras would, are if, now ruling. If, if House Cabrera was <laughs> yeah. uh, down at Dorne and you never told us you were cast no. in the show, I'm, I, I would love that. I just declared myself the yeah. prince. Um, I, wait, wait. Something yeah. like that to me would make more logical sense than risking Drogon mm-hmm. and burning a bunch of innocent people right. while maybe Which, having him killed at the same time. Because let's face yeah. it, I don't think he could dodge that many Scorpions. No, no. But and, but here, and here's what I love about about it here's the quandary because again we're telling her to wait which is what she feels she's been told the entire time and why sure. she's in the spot sure. which is but why then again if she listened to sansa she listens, yeah she could have had she could have had she could have had my plan she could have had maybe yeah yeah Dornish Everyone, reinforcements or, or great joy reinforcements let's rest for two weeks yeah because cersei's not bringing her yeah cersei's not going to bring her armies up here we know this um let's i i, I still think too it's very possible that yara gets the final final say on euron yeah, whether or not we see her or not again, I could see that that moment. I also, I, I also heard a, a thought of of Jamie versus Euron. I think that was kind of. I cool. mean, that's kind of cool. Quite <laughs> frankly, they're setting that up too. <laughs> that's cool. A little Mari Povich battle yeah. over whose baby that is, um, and <laughs> you know, Euron with the does she like a finger in the bum conversation? Like, I, <laughs> I, I still can't see- get over that. How did that guy? Oh. <laughs> Uh, I still think because I still you know we haven't talked a lot about Cersei but uh, in this episode but I think we'll have I think we'll have our chances when the by the time the series is done here uh, in season eight but I still feel f- f- hear me out I still feel for her in a little way going back even season one season one because she's with she hates Euron she you know has probably a little bit he's probably fun for a night but you know she hates him. and she hates more than this I think Cersei hates that she's in this position. That she has to have this guy around, and yeah, he's great, and he's Not taking just down draggers. But protecting but, a people that you yeah. actually would, wouldn't mind seeing get burned. Yeah, <laughs> she's like forced to protect him. Yes, and she's like, man, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind if you know yeah. if I wasn't here, I'd be like, hey, Danny, go ahead and light it up. Yeah, because that that last, I think it's season five finale. Yeah, when she gets the walk of shame. Yeah, like right there, it's when she's like, you know what? I think I am getting. I'd be cool if everyone <laughs> died right now. So, this is this is what Cersei does, man. Yeah. You know. She dreams of ways to kill her enemies. Yeah. And Ilaria Sand, you kissed my daughter and, and poisoned her. I'm going to do that to you. Danny, you're the breaker of chains. Not so more. Not no, not as they say in Young Guns, not no more, Billy. Not no more. Uh, I think that Cersei, you know, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do to, to the people. Yeah. She's a hateful woman. She is. Hateful woman. Elena Tyrell. What, what did she say? The most unpleasant <laughs> person I've ever met. Yeah. 100%. I am yeah. not Team Cersei. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I yeah. love I love Lena Headey, and I, I actually You'd do. You'd be surprised how many people are Queen Cersei team. Oh, no. On I, Team I Cersei. I know some of them. Yeah. Very, I was shocked. very closely. I was very shocked oh, no, on I, Twitter where I, people are like, yeah, burn him. And I'm, Cersei burn him. Danny burn him. I think everyone's yeah. just rooting for King's Landing to explode. Yeah, because <laughs> it's cool, man. It'll be, no, it, look, it would look cool. I think it's going to happen. But people, but it was funny. People were rooting for that wall to come down, and then it came down, and they were like, "Eh." Um, um, no, I like, I like Cersei. I, I like her. I like her. I think she needs to die, and I think she's bad. I, if I was living in the kingdom, I wouldn't want Cersei to win. <laughs> but because uh, I like Lena Headey, and I like what she brings. Um, Ace, any final notes? I know there's a lot. I know we didn't get to uh, much Arya and Gendry, and yeah, and, uh, I mean, you know, that's not her. When she said, "That's yeah, not me." It's, Shout out to Gendry for yeah. shooting a shot. Yeah, um, shoot your shot, man. I mean, he shot it. Uh, he I mean, shot he, it. Half court shot. Yeah. Tried. And I don't think I, I. I know it was a political move on Danny's part, and she was very proud of that. But I don't think Gendry Baratheon factors into much going forward. 
Oh, I was going to uh, say, I, I think he would make a great Lord of Storms. Oh, oh no, he would. Don't get oh, me wrong. Okay. I th- I'm I th- just saying. In, oh, him bringing an army or something? I, no, I've won't. heard some people say, this is actually a smart move. No. Well, yeah, sure, it's a smart move for Danny. I just don't think in this show you're going to get it much You know more. what someone brought up, mm-hmm. and I didn't mind this idea, is is uh, is Dario kind of pulling a Hail Mary pass Coming back. and being like, yo, second sons, let's save my queen. Because be he's, still, he's still low-key in love with not fully in love with Danny, but somewhat well, in love with Danny. Here's the thing. I, I got to wonder if he's over there in Essos and he's getting updates in the newspaper on his, uh, you know, his Palm Trio because tech hasn't yeah. caught up over there. He Raven. has no iPhones. Uh, and he's like, you know, there's got to be some investment. And I know, and like Rachel had a good point last week about, you know, she wanted to see Night King or Winter truly come south. And I, yeah, I've always, we we've, see that. we've questioned a lot about what's going on in Esso and a, a shy by the shadow. There's talks yeah. of this. That's a lot of prophecy and a lot of stuff. I, I you know, we're not probably not going to get on the show. So I, I wonder what Dario. What would he do if like my queen's in trouble? If he found out specifically, she's lost two dragons, her army's depleted, and they're right outside King's Landing. I'd go straight to King's Landing. He'd go there. Yeah, yeah. Plus that old guy Jor's dead. Oh, perfect. He's out of my way. Yeah. Never was a problem. Yeah, I think Dario would show up. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a stretch, but still. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else I missed. The only other thing would probably be a little bit of the logic leaps if I'm speaking for the fans who weren't too happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Danny being outside offering Cersei her, her, you know, give Mm -hmm. me, this is the last warning kind of thing kind of threw Mm -hmm. me off. I didn't, I didn't care for it. Meaning that you thought they would have just launched those scorpions down at her and hundred percent. Cause I would have hundred percent. I would have done that. Look outside your walls and you see your one enemy and the brother you think is going to destroy everyone and a dragon and you have dozens of scorpions lined up. Am I yeah. going to hear them out or am I just going to be like, fire? I'm uh, going to scream, fire, loose, and just destroy yeah. them then and there. Knock, look at Look at, um, look at Jamie at the battle of a uh, loot, loot train battle. Yeah. Where he just went for it. He's like, you know what? If I kill yeah. her, it's over. It's over. Cersei... Could have done the same thing. Yeah. And Danny, I don't know what Danny was thinking. <laughs> Standing right in front of the, the yeah. arrows and being like, yeah. hey, I know you got hundreds of arrows pointed at me, but With don't like do it because guys. I'm here to offer you your life. Yeah. How, how does she think that she has the upper edge in that situation? I don't know. That yeah. threw me off. No, no, I'm not. I, 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 I yeah. totally understand because I had she that She doesn't too. have the upper hand in that. She she yeah. thinks she does, but I was like. She thinks she does. You have 20 unsullied behind you. And, and, a, and a dragon that's in the background. And a dragon like, that's like kind of scared. Uh, yeah. He lost his brother. I lost my brother. Um, no, I told. Uh, but no, that's, that, that's kind of my final thoughts. That and, yeah. and, and you know, I'm, I'm curious to see where this where this is going. For sure. Uh, look, man, I don't know where it's going right now. I don't know either. And I mean, I have ideas, but. Yeah, and, a lot of, and and it all ends with John and Grey uh, Ghost uh, going uh, to Lands of Always Winter to the retirement apartment. That's how this show ends. Andres and I just locked that in right now. 100%, man, and I, I will cry tears of joy. I will too. Well, no matter what happens, we know people are going to have opinions of it, and I love that, and I want to make that clear. I love passionate opinions about this show. I love different perspectives. I love learning it, and I hope you all listening today enjoyed uh, Ace and I talking about it, and I thought we got as honest as we could at times on some things, and, and Game of Thrones has always been a thought starter and a thought provoker, um, and sometimes uh, jabs a, a spear in the side, and, and I think that's okay. I always believe storytelling should not worry about making you feel comfortable, but also every once in a while should give you an ice cream and make you feel okay. Um, so that is where we're at right now. We absolutely miss Lawn Harris and Rachel Cushing. They just couldn't get here tonight. We're so sorry. Uh, they'll be back uh, next week. 
uh, schedule permitting, real life gets in place. But we got two episodes left, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. It's it's unbelievable to me. It's surreal that we're coming around the corner here. But I uh, could not do this show. In fact, he inspired me, man. I was depressed, not sure if I wanted to even talk about this show at the at the top. And uh, it's me being very honest with you. But I love talking with Andres Cabrera, and I think it's uh, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's anime, where I just nod because I don't fully <laughs> understand. Or movies or life in general, uh, sir, you're one of the best out there. You're you're an untapped talent, which upsets me. So if you're out there and you have a show and you're local and you're producing it, like get this guy on your show to talk Star Wars or something else uh, because you are really good at this. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, you're smart cookie, and you know terms that I don't know because I'm old and I'm broken. Um, tell them where they can find you, though. Yeah, you, you do have stuff me, out there. Yeah, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace, especially on Twitter where I'm giving a lot of my takes on certain stuff mm-hmm. um and on uh, the meaning of podcast where i talk about movies and directors uh last week we did an avengers endgame debate with mm-hmm. rb3 uh we talked about infinity war and debate, endgame. Huh? Okay. debate uh, as far as because uh, i'm team infinity war he's team endgame okay as far as a better movie mm-hmm. um rb3 is not the biggest fan of infinity war i love the movie um mm-hmm. so yeah mcu dc i love dc that's another one of my fandoms, Star Wars, whatever it is. Come yeah. find me on the social medias. Absolutely. Please do give them a follow. Uh, you know, don't forget to follow uh, uh, Rachel Cushing and Lon Harris on Twitter as well. They'll be back next week. And follow me at Ken Napsock. And that includes going to KenNapsock.com, an updated website where you can find links to purchase my book, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments of Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away uh, from Mango Publishing. It's supposed to be released uh, about May 15th. It's been... A weird but positive slight delay on the book might be a couple days, um, but uh, things are going good. So check it out if you're a Star Wars fan, and I uh, appreciate you all listening here and being part of a good, uh, productive conversation on Casterly Talk in this era where sometimes conversations aren't as productive. That is it. We'll see you all next week when we start figuring out how this is all going to end.